Welcome to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm your host, Courtney Kosak, and I'm humbled, grateful, heartened to share today's interview with you. Um, it was actually the second interview I recorded when I ventured into this new season at the beginning of the summer. And now it's the second to last interview I'm releasing at the end of the summer. So it sort of brings me full circle um, in a way that makes me really happy. Uh, And while we have loads of fun in store for you this fall and kind of a new twist that's TBA, uh, the last several months have been just the best um, and kind of unexpectedly so. Um, they've just been this like raw, informative, super inspiring exploration of romance in its many different iterations. It's been low key, but just still so, I don't know. There's just so much depth and warmth to it. And I've, I've loved hearing all the amazing guest stories of how love manifests in their lives. Um, and today's guests are certainly no exception. They are the delightful Polina Lopez Vasquez and Brizia Lopez Mayaterena. Um, they are sisters, mothers, co-hosts of the Super Mamas podcast, which if you have not listened to, wait till you're done with this episode, but then definitely queue up a bunch of episodes. It's such a good podcast. Um, and they're the owners of a much-loved Oaxacan eatery in LA called La Gay Lagetza. Uh, my boyfriend's also in the restaurant business and it was really cute uh, he was like a little starstruck getting to meet them when they came in for the interview um, they're super savvy and uplifting ladies and it was an absolute pleasure getting to talk with them uh, we chatted about their experiences growing up and meeting their husbands female energy in its duality of softness and strength uh, sex tips who couldn't use some good sex tips, (laughs) I'm raising my hand. Um, And maybe my favorite part, which is what it's like to attend the Tony Robbins date with Destiny. So without any further ado, here we go. Thanks so much for stopping by today, ladies. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for the invitation. I like your shirt. Thank you. I'm wearing my Paris 1984. 1984 shirt. And I am here with... I'm, I may butcher these. That's kind Don't of my worry. thing. <laughs> Polina Lopez Velasquez. Yes. Yes. That's me. And Brizia Lopez Mayaterena. Brizia Lopez Mayaterena. Yeah. You can just say Lopez. You can just Lopez. say Brizia. <laughs> I practiced these. You did? I did the cook inside. It's like my name. It's, that's my husband's name. Yeah. So I'm taking his name, his last name. But his me last too. name is just so long and complicated. Yeah. And my name isn't the easiest. So I'm like, I need to keep my Lopez because that's yeah. the only that's actually going to make that's people working. like yeah. relate to me. <laughs> if someone like reads Brisa and my Torena on a, on a, like, on a shoe, they're going to be like, I don't know what to say. Like, it's Same intimidating. Thing. For Same sure. thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it happens to me all the time. So I'm like, just Paulina Lopez. That's fine. You know, he doesn't mind. It's okay. <laughs> He's used to it. These ladies are amazing owners of a beloved, really, LA restaurant. Uh, La Gay Lagetza. Oh, you got that one right. All right. right. Come on, I worked on this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Home of like the best mole ever. I was just telling them my boyfriend and I went and gorged ourselves. Like, nice. Oh, thank ago. you. So thank you. Good. Um, and they're co-hosts of the Super Mamas 
podcast. Yes. Yes. Which I had a great time binging on uh, <laughs> in another way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you guys are sisters. Mm-hmm. We are. And your mothers and wives, as mm-hmm. you say in your intro. Yes. Um, in addition to being business owners. Um, and you have Oaxacan roots? Yes. yes. Did you grow up there? Yeah, I, I was, we were all born there and I came when I was 12, 13. 13. Mm-hmm. Ah, my writing partner was, came from Russia when she was like around the same age. And it's so interesting coming yeah. like at that adolescent mm-hmm. stage. Super. It, it was very, it was, for me, it was the hardest. It's, I still have a very choppy English and I still think in Spanish. So it's weird because like ah. when I'm having conversations with, with my siblings, they correct me all the time because I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I still think and I, and I translate very literal. Uh, uh-huh. My husband and I speak Spanish at home all the time. He's from Mexico City. So we speak Spanish most of the time at home. Um, so when I'm with people and I speak English, I I overthink it because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like really just translating what I'm It sounds natural. <laughs> it doesn't sound hard. As she's speaking English perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my mom. My mom will speak to you and she will like tell you everything she did in her life. But she's like, but I don't know how to speak English. In English. Yeah. <laughs> ah, hilarious. How old were you, Brizia? I was 10. You were 10. Mm-hmm. Do you have the same kind of, like, feel like you still think in Spanish? No, I think no. there's a very, like, I think around 10 years old is where we're at that cusp uh-huh. of assimilation. Uh-huh. I think once you hit, like, the 12, 11, 12, or 12, 13, that's sort of when your brain sort of does a change just because of hormones yeah it's totally. happening that uh i was 10 so I, my brain was still an innocent yeah <laughs> fragile that, and sure. tender <laughs> and your parents are so your did your parents start Lage, uh, yes yes uh my father started it actually thir- 23 years ago this oh, year wow um he migrated a year before us um, it was right after the huge economic crisis in Mexico. Um, and so he lost everything and he decided to migrate. And he stayed one whole year without us. And then he said, oh, it's time for you guys to come. And then he moved us here with my mother. And the restaurant was started at that point? Mm-hmm. It was already started. He came just <laughs> balls to the wall. He was like, I'm doing this in a year. He's like, I'm here to live. <laughs> he's, like, I'm not, he's, like, he's like, I'm trying to survive here. Get out my way. <laughs> For real. Yeah, he started selling food door to door when he moved here. Uh-huh. He used to be a mezcal maker, my dad. Mm-hmm. Oh. In Oaxaca. So I've been drinking mezcal way before hashtags. Way, <laughs> way before people thought it was cool. Way before, before was everybody legal. was saying that like, oh my gosh, mezcal, I love it. Like, yes, I was drinking mezcal back then. So he was a mezcal maker. My whole family's mezcal maker. Uh-huh. In 94, like my sister said, Mexico went through a huge economic downfall, one of the many they've had. But it was really when it was like the peso devaluation. So like one day you had 100 pesos and the next day you had one. It was like really crazy. They took two zeros oh off the, the peso. So my father moved here. He didn't know what to do. He started selling food door to door. It was He was almost like a traveling salesman. Uh-huh. You know, like back then when people would actually open the door for you when they yeah. knocked on the door. Remember when that happened? When people would knock and you would actually open and were friendly to that? someone? <laughs> people are like, people used to do that? Yes. Yes. People used to open doors for people. Um, so he would just sell food, uh, things that were very traditional and staple to Oaxaca, such as tlayudas, tortillas, mole, chiles, uh-huh. 
bread, mm-hmm. chocolate, like all these things that were essential parts of our cuisine. So then he started doing, then he opened a little food stand in the corner of 8th and Normandy, just, you know, almost like, sort of like a hot dog stand situation, uh-huh. but he was selling clayudas. And then he saw a restaurant that was being rented and he's like, I'm going to open a restaurant. He didn't know, <laughs> I didn't, you know, it's so funny because my father, now he can cook, but before he couldn't even boil an egg because uh, my mom is the ultimate Mexican traditional homemaker uh-huh. and he's the ultimate what you think of a macho man yeah. or uh-huh. like <laughs> wouldn't even take his socks off. <laughs> we would take his socks off. We would. Because, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so he just opened the restaurant and we've been working with him ever since. Mm-hmm. Just out of pure determination. I love that. Well, actually, we started working with him before that. Yeah, we've we always worked with my dad. I started we working when I was five years old. I was eight <laughs> when I started working with my dad. So it's very much like a family business. Yeah, it's 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 a family business. We all work. There's four of us. There's four siblings, and the four of us work there now. Um, my parents, the second day, we, they went through a second economic crisis in 2008 uh-huh. here in the U.S., and we um, had to downsize to one restaurant, and my father was about to close Galagetza. Uh-huh. So he sat us... Uh, the siblings and he said well you know as of december 31st i'm gonna close the restaurant so we just couldn't let that happen you know Uh he had worked so much so hard and he had built such a tremendous legacy that we couldn't just see that disappear yeah um so we we talked and we bought the company from my father um, and we took over um, that year. My dad retired and moved since with with my mom to Oaxaca. So they now are now back in Oaxaca, you know, living the life <laughs> while we work that. here. Reti- retired in Oaxaca yeah. while you guys are here carrying on the tradition. Yeah, and you know, my parents are really young, so they're like a great example for us. My dad is 57 and my mom is 54. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they're really young and they have worked so much since they were like, you know, ever. Yeah. So I think it was time and they deserved it. So we're very happy that we could do that for them. That's rad. So, and you guys have had, uh, you ran away. Is that where you met your husband, Polina? Yeah. You <laughs> ran away back to Oaxaca at yeah, like 21? Well, you know, because for me, like I said, it was very difficult when I transitioned from Mexico to here. I was already like a teenager, had my friends, my group of friends. I had, you know, the boy that I liked, the school, uh-huh. everything. So they basically took me out of there and brought me here. And it was very hard. I didn't know how to speak English. I had no friends. People would pick on me. They would bully me. Mm-hmm. The girls wanted to beat me up. Um, you know, it was just, it was very, very hard for me. And I always said, I don't want to be here. You know, I always was like, I, I, I need to go back. I want Mexico, Mexico, Oaxaca. It was always in the back of my head. Um, and I think it, I think that's why it took me such a long time to assimilate because I always wanted to return. So when I was 19, 20, uh, we took a trip to Mexico and I was already like in, I didn't have the best relationship with my parents, you know, um, so I just didn't come back. <laughs> and I stayed there for uh, almost four years. I, true story. True story. Like, I, I, they didn't even know where I was for, like, a few months. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I was in Oaxaca, and it's safe, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, I have most of my families there, but they didn't really know where I was. So my dad took a trip down there, talked to me. He was, It was great. You know, he was, now that I look back, I'm like, he was such a great dad. He went and talked to me. He was like, well, if you want to stay... 
you can stay, but you have to go to school. You have to work. I said, fine, I'll do oh. it. So um, I got a job. My dad had businesses back in Mexico. So I had a job. I went to, to college. You know, I did all of that. Um, I met my husband when I was there. And then I got bored. And I was like, I think it's time to go back to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized how good, you know, I had it here and how awesome L.A. is. I mean, I love Oaxaca, right? But I was just already used to, like, the big city and uh-huh. all that. And my family was here. So then I moved that. You back. got to come on your own terms. Yeah. And, and it was great. I think I closed that cycle. And I was very happy with that. And I had the experiences that I wanted, you know, in Mexico. And um, like a, she would just go out and drink. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was and, and it was like my college year. So it was like I went to college, you know, over there. And it was like. That's totally you normal. Know, it, was, it was fun. It was like the best stage in my life. I, I had AKA, so much fun. she was free. I was free. I didn't have parents, you know. So, yeah, I met my husband there. I like moved. right away, right? I A met couple my husband months. right away, like I think within the year. And I moved here and nine months later he followed me, you know? And so we've been together ever since. We were together already this year for 14 years. So. 14 years. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I know. You got to bring, like, a, a piece of home with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> um, so 14 years and two, two kids, is that right? Three. One on the way. Oh, there's a baby <laughs> on the way. Yeah, three. This is kind of Congratulations. Be. Thank you. Um, we're expecting our third baby. Yes. What's, the, what's your secret to keeping it going that long obviously still having sex (laughs) (laughs) Um, one time (laughs) (laughs) once every three years you know i think when we met we were really young we were like 22 23 Uh so you know you have that passionate like i'm gonna be with you forever love that you know i'm sure it changes as you get older but since we were so young we learned to grow to grow together and we've gone through so much of course we were so immature we were so we we had a lot of fun you know uh we got married after 10 years we had our our baby after 10 years so for those 10 years we just did what we wanted we had fun we we partied we did everything and i think when i when i met him was very insecure about myself and he was the person that always made me feel beautiful he made me feel wanted he made me feel sexy he always until this day he always makes me feel the right way Uh and that helped me come out of my shell and explore and you know we're we always spice things up because for after such a long time you have to you know and and i just love him and trust him so much that and he allows me to be myself and i allow him to be himself and so we just have a lot of fun together. I love that. <laughs> and Brigitte. She has a sex pillow, actually. I, <laughs> I, I heard that on your I podcast. Do, You're I like, do. it looks decorative, maybe. It does. <laughs> it does. It does. It's on my bed. Nobody can tell. <laughs> Nobody can tell. That's her secret. <laughs> I have a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing that's outside, though. That's the only yeah, thing. You don't, yeah. That's not a way in the no, box. No, <laughs> it's stuck somewhere in, like. You would never know what it is. <laughs> uh, Breezia, you actually met your husband when he came into the restaurant? I did, yeah. Like five or six years ago? I think that was close to, yeah, six, seven years ago. He came to have lunch with a group of friends that I knew. And they were just like, oh, you have to meet a friend, Breezia. And I came and I was like, whoa. Hey. <laughs> I saw, hi. 
but yes, that's that's where I'm in. Cool. And uh, I heard on your Valentine's Day episode, you guys went through like a breakup. It actually made me think of my last two breakups myself. It like took me right back there because you were like, ah, oh, it just sent me into a tailspin. Mm-hmm. And like you had to do a ton of self-discovery. And I did. Yeah, you know, it's what's really interesting is that it was like in that time where I understood why he broke up with me, but I understood like why he broke up with me a year and a half later, uh-huh. like a year later. We were together for about six months and it was, you know, the most beautiful time. It was just him and I, it was, he, it was always like him and I only, like we didn't really let anyone into our relationship, not even my family. Uh-huh. Nobody really knew that I was even with him. Nobody knew who he was. <laughs> It was just him and I, like, he'd take me on helicopter rides. What? Gondola rides. And we'd go out every weekend. And we were together all the time, 24-7. I mean, we were just sort of, like, inseparable. You know, it was just that. And we, we, you know, he broke up with me. And, I, I, I mean, I was completely devastated. I yeah. ended up adopting a dog. I moved somewhere <laughs> I else. I did that. Too. Yeah, I did that. Too. You my gotta dad, get a dog. <laughs> my dad saw how, like, miserable I was. And he was like, you need to get yourself a dog. And I was like, oh, no. What do you mean a dog? Um, but, you know, uh, the dog, you know, saved my life. I, I, and I started dating again. And I was dating this guy. And one time we um, we got into an argument. Uh, I I, I was making coffee in the morning. This is going to sound horrible who I am, but this is who I was, okay? Uh, it's going to be total like, like just roasting myself. So I would get up. I, I went up to make myself tea. And my then boyfriend came downstairs and he was like, you know, I'm tired of this. And I was like, what? He's like, not only do you only make tea for yourself, but you leave the freaking trash behind. And I was like... And then it kind of brought me deja vu because my husband, you know, when we broke up, one of the things he said, he was like, you don't even make coffee for me. And and then back then when he broke up with me, I was sort of thinking like, oh, well, like, why should I make coffee for you? Like, I'm not your maid. Like, I am a strong, independent woman. Like, I ain't trying to make coffee for nobody, you know? And then, like, uh, so then, like, you know, fast forward when this happened, when the guy was telling me about me leaving my tea trash behind and not even making him coffee... And I was like, wait, what do you mean? Like, elaborate, please. Uh-huh. <laughs> this seems interesting. This sounds interesting. What do you mean? So then he started kind of telling me how I shouldn't be selfish, right? And then it sort of clicked. And at that moment, instead of thinking that, like, oh, how I make this relationship better, I would, like, my brain automatically went to, like, oh, this is why that guy broke up with me. Yeah. <laughs> this is why Eduardo broke up with me. And I had this, like, sort of, uh-huh. Still thinking about him, of course. Like self-realization, like aha moment, just on a tea bag. It's just, it's just crazy. I know, I know. Some people probably hear it. Some can relate. I hope. I and- totally can relate to <laughs> that. Where after the fact, you're like, ah, yeah, this is this was the flaw that they were talking right. and about. Like, oh, that's right. I am selfish. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I guess I should change. Uh, so how did you guys rekindle? So, you know, this uh, boyfriend that I was have that I had, we broke up and I was, you know, I was um, I was sort of, you know, lone, not lonely. I, I wasn't lonely. I, I, I sort of took myself out of the dating game for a mm-hmm. bit because I was like, you know, I need to really I need to stop making mistakes. I need to stop dating the wrong people. I mm-hmm. need to understand like who is right for me. Um, 
you know, I'm very strong in my faith. I, I, you know, I believe in God. I believe there's a path for us. I believe there's, I believe in signs. Um, mm-hmm. So I went on a fast uh, and I prayed so hard and I was just telling God, you know, I just, I'm ready to have a husband. I'm ready to have children. Like I just, I'm just ready to meet that man mm-hmm. that I know you have for me. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm like, I'm just ready for you to bring him on, you know? Mm-hmm. So I cleaned myself, I fasted. And after the fast was over, my husband and I just happened to reconnect again, exactly like to the day, three days, three years after we met. So it was just such a weird thing. And we got back together and we wanted to, you know, start dating again. But I still was sort of unsure if this was the guy for me again. I mean, it was an automatic rekindle when we got back together right yeah. automatic like <gasps> the fire was the back fire on. was like i mean i mean i don't think it ever went away it was more like you saw me i saw you like uh-huh let's do this you know so but it was, was still a hesitation the hesitation from from my side of course because i had fasted and prayed and i didn't really want to start like i didn't want to get myself in that same sort of yeah pattern or maybe I wasn't seeing something so then I told him you know I think both of us should go on a fast and we should ask for a sign because you don't even know if I'm the right person for you like how do you know I'm the right person like how? I love that she finally gets what she wants and then yeah. she's like wait 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 though I got a test for you yeah well, I mean I you know I think that whatever to believe in you have to you know and you have to take that sort of leap of faith I you know again I'm I really believe in faith and God and yeah, no, I, I believe in like synchronicity. Yeah. And all the, so, you know. so I, you know, forever I had like had this prayer and I told God like, you know, dear Lord, like just whoever the guy is for me, whoever he is, I promise no more. I won't get into any more relationships until he brings me a bouquet of white flowers to my doorstep. Like to that, like I was so like details of what I wanted, right? I was like, that's what he that's what he needs to do. And if this is the man for me, he will do it. Like that's what I was like praying every day. And then my husband was like, Well, I don't know what kind of sign you're thinking about. Like, what do you like God's gonna split the, you know, the the, the like the heavens open and strike you? Is that what you're waiting for? And I was like, No. <laughs> just pray. So the day before if I was like Lent, so the day before the, the fast ended, he had a dream to where he gave me flowers in my doorstep. Oh. And and then I went somewhere, and then when I came, he came, picked me up, and when I came back, the flowers were right there. And they were this, the, That's that crazy. color that, like, yeah, that I had been praying for. And I was just like, okay, let's get married. Oh. <laughs> was he so happy? Uh, was he like, yeah, yes, he was like, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> and I think, like, two months later, you were pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you like, have, how old's your... Yeah, like, three months later, I was pregnant. Uh, he's two. You have a two-year-old? Mm-hmm. Um, did you... And you guys eloped, right? Like, yeah. right after you were just like, yeah. bam, bam? Yeah, you know, it, it was so... It was that... I think it was 2015. I, I, 2014, 2015. Uh, it, we just kind of did everything in a year. Like, once once the sign was given, <laughs> um, we, you know, we were going to move in together. So we started looking for a home. Uh-huh. Then we got pregnant. So then we started looking for a bigger home. Uh-huh. Then we found the home, we moved in, and then after the home, we were like, we can't afford a wedding, and we're like, okay, let's maybe have a dinner for our friends, but then like when you start getting to dinners, you start getting into like who you're going to invite, yeah. and, then, and that still costs money, 
and we had just bought a home uh-huh. and i was like i want to change my windows i don't want to feed people you know my wedding <laughs> and uh so so one day when morning woke up we we're like you know today was the day we met like um and when we got back together it was like the exact it was the day before thanksgiving and he was like yeah i'm like we should have gotten married today he's like we still can it was like 6 a.m. I said, well, I'm into the courthouse. But I had already like filled out like the paperwork. So I was ready. I'm ready. I was like, we already had a marriage license like months before. I was like, the license has been taken out. Secretly, I had this drawn up. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be ready, girl. You know? Uh, so then we just went to the courthouse. The two of us, I like, called my, my brother. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? You want any witness? He's like, sure. <laughs> and then we got married, just the two of us. My brother was the witness. He was there with a the camera. And then we went to IHOP. That's and then so he went sweet. back to work. And then I went back to work. <laughs> and then the next day at Thanksgiving dinner, we told everyone, oh, like, yeah. surprise. That was very we're interesting. We're married. That was very interesting. His family, my family were there. My dad, I think, almost fainted because, you know. <laughs> were you surprised? Of course. I, w- I was I was like, why didn't you tell me? Like, we, my sister and I were like, what the? Why didn't you tell us? They're like, because you, you guys can't keep a secret. I'm like, true. <laughs> I told you like mom and dad would have showed up then it's like why yeah. didn't you buy my mom because his mom well, lives in San Diego and how's she gonna travel and then his sister has to work I mean there's just so many now, things once you start including yeah. it's yeah. like where do you stop yeah. mm-hmm. and it was funny because after Thanksgiving we usually stayed with my parents that whole weekend like Thursday through Sunday and that Saturday, my parents were like, we have to put together a wedding tomorrow. Like, they wanted to do a wedding. We started calling her friends, and some friends were out of town because it was Thanksgiving. And my, but my parents literally wanted to put together a wedding in a day. Uh, and then they started arguing, and I was like, never mind, forget it, guys. You know, it's just... You're like, just... this is why she eloped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, this exactly. is not sure. Like, it's just, let's just forget about it. But yeah, it was very interesting. Did you, did you ever have any, so that's not, that's like in the, you met your husband in the time of online dating. Did you ever do any of that before you guys met? I didn't. I didn't. No. Good Um, for you. No. no. (laughs) I mean, I'm not, I mean, I mean, I was, I'm not saying I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't. Yeah, you know, it just didn't, it just didn't happen, you know, it just didn't, but I was, I mean, I was ready. I mean, if God wouldn't have given me the sign by a date, I would have been like, oh, right. (laughs) Tinder. No, just kidding. Totally. No, there's good. I met my boyfriend on Tinder, so no shade in that direction. Um, Both of you guys said in that Valentine's Day episode, you were like, you both knew like right away when you met your husbands. Yeah. They had a halo. Like that was Mm -hmm. the one. Yeah, it was. I still remember. It's very specific to this day. Um, I I was, again, I was in my party days in Mexico. And it was September 16th, which is Independence Day, like a 4th of July. Uh-huh. So, you know, everybody gets drunk. And I was really drunk. One of my friends to a bar, and I actually fell asleep in the bar. And, I, I mean, I usually will fall asleep anywhere. But um, <laughs> I, I fell asleep with my friend. My, I have my guy best friend, um, and he invited me, and I was sleeping. And then I wake up, and I open my eyes, and I kid you not, I saw my husband across the room, and everything disappeared around him, like, I can I can tell you what he was wearing, how he was standing, what he was holding a bottle of water. He didn't drink. He was so healthy, um, and I was drunk. Uh, he had like a tacuba, like cafe tacuba, which is like a really big Mexican band shirt that I still have to this day. Um, he had a bottle of water. He had like his little sweater tied around his waist, like a good little boy. Um, and I woke up and I was like, "Who is that guy? You know, I want him now." So I told my friend. 
introduce me to your friend, but just be very discreet. And he turns around and he's like, hey, like he screams around across the room. My friend wants to meet you. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. You know, um, he came over and he was like, oh, she wants you to teach her how to dance banda. And I was like, what? No, I don't. I don't want to do that. But he was like, oh, yeah, I'll teach you whatever. You know, then we started dancing and we had the stupidest conversation that night. But after that night, we were together every single day uh-huh. for like four months straight, every single day. And I just knew, I just knew that this was the guy that I wanted and I had to have him and I did. Yeah. It's a powerful <laughs> feeling when you yeah, like find him back. I know. Now it's like, um, I loved the sex episode you guys did because you talked and you said it in the episode, but like you talked really openly about something that in your, in Latin culture is not, or in your culture is not necessarily discussed that openly, mm-hmm. or especially when you were growing up. Um, has that been like a validating part of starting the podcast, opening up those dialogues for? Very. Now my mom sometimes overshares and I'm like what who are you you, <laughs> you know? created a monster yeah <laughs> mom because my 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 parents were really very strict growing up and they got together when they were really young my mom was 17 my mom was my dad was 18 so you know um all they knew is each other uh-huh. and they come from a very traditional background so sex was not a topic that we ever ever discuss at home I and mean, to this day my dad will fast forward sex scenes in movies mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. Does. To this day, like, and he, I'm like, he, Dad, like, I have so kids. uncomfortable. Yes, yeah, Steph, Steph's dad. When uh, sh- we were at South by Southwest, and her movie was debuting, uh, there are like three sex scenes. Sex scenes in the movie, and her dad left every time. He does, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he feels really uncomfortable, you know. Yeah. So after the sex, sense. after the <laughs> sex episode, uh, we had a FaceTime conversation with my mom. I remember. Uh, and we're like, mom, did you hear that lady? She said that she has sex like five times a day. And a my week, mom, a week, a week, a week, a week. But still, like yeah, still. you know. And then my mom was like, oh yeah, ha, ha, ha. wow, we're working on that, you know. And my dad was like, <coughs> like just in the background pretending he wasn't there. And we, you know, he's we, probably like, what, like, where has his respect gone in this society? It's like, what of times? But yeah, I mean, you know, growing up, it was completely different. We didn't really, we didn't talk about sex. Uh, the way that I learned about sex was like through friends and sex uh-huh. ed. And I think the only reason why I didn't end up being pregnant was because I was really fearful of my father. Yeah. And my dad was such so strict that my biggest fear in life was getting pregnant because I thought he would kill me. Yeah. You know? So I, I learned to not get pregnant through fear. Yeah. Um, and I remember growing up, we went to school in Pacific Palisades and some friends told me about Planned Parenthood in Santa Monica. And I was like, I'm there. <laughs> so you, yeah. didn't, you didn't have to call your, your parents, didn't have to know about this. So, you know, I, that's where I got all my sex ed through all those I school d- programs and stuff. Yeah. My parents were a slightly more open, but also like, it was like a very Catholic household. We went to church every mm-hmm. Sunday. Like I knew that expectations of me, especially like sexually and virgin wise, to be honest, for a while, uh, and totally did the Planned Parenthood thing by myself. Like <laughs> fake name, fake yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. The green, like my mom found the little green card one time at, in my I think my name wallet. was Stephanie Garcia and my, I still remember. 
I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know. It's not mine. Well, I don't know. It's not my name in there. I mean, it's my friend, Stephanie. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> Hello, her name is right there. <laughs> um, I also love your episode where you guys talk about uh, Tony Robbins' date with Destiny. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> because I just, I just saw the documentary, and mm. it was like, I kind of had a different idea of who Tony Robbins so was did I. before. So did I. Is that what inspired you to go, that documentary? So I received the email from Netflix, like, this is a documentary you might like. And I came home and I was like, honey, I think they're doing an expose on this guy, Tony Robbins. Let's watch this. <laughs> like, you remember that guy that, like, rips people off? Like, they're doing a documentary. Right. Rips people off. Yeah. It's like the kind of, like, he, it does seem like... Totally. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's what I thought. I thought I was watching an expose and how they were going to go behind the scenes and like how he steals people's money. And we both sit down because they're both all like, yeah, yeah, let's see how he rips people off. And we sit down and like within 20 minutes, I'm like, I want to go to this thing, <laughs> like crying. And I'm like, who is this Tony Robbins guy? And then I started researching him and I heard this wonderful uh, interview that he has with Tim Ferriss, who also has a podcast and Tim Ferriss's oh, podcast. Yeah. And the entire show, I was like just blown away for everything he said. And I started sort of really looking more into him. I started listening to his to his podcast and some of the early ones and all the knowledge that he really brought. And I was He takes it so seriously. Yeah. Like And I remember I remember exactly the moment where I was like, we need we should go. And it, it was I was actually driving to work and it, you know uh, recently I shared the story with somebody and I kind of put this two and two together. I don't know if it has any meaning, but I was standing in the exact same corner that my dad started selling food in the street. Uh, I didn't know at the moment when this idea hit me, but I was sitting in a stoplight and I was listening to his podcast and it dawned on me, I want to go date with Destiny. And if I want to go and if I'm able to go, I have the means to go. Why shouldn't I? Yeah. So then I called my sister right away and I was like, hey, you know, we should go date with Destiny together. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I was like, get the tickets right now. <laughs> um, and, and I think really that has been a pivotal change in not only my life, but my sister's life. I've only seen him once. My sister has seen him, I think, like four or five times already. No. Four times. Oh, four times. Yes. Only four. Yeah, Three. four times. I've, I've only seen him um, once. I've only went to one of his conferences. But it has, um, I think it has been a really pivotal change in my life and just kind of turned and just sort of, it, it was definitely one of those anchor moments where I was like, oh, I'm so glad I found him. Mm -hmm. um, just because everything he teaches and I could understand like oh he's not ripping people off and I could understand why he seems like it seems yeah, like that it's like yeah. a cult when you yeah. go there it's so crazy it is definitely it, I didn't know what to expect when my sister told me let's let's go through this and I saw the, the documentary I was like this is pretty cool I want to go but when when you're there oh I bet it's 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 a life-changing experience and I remember when we were there, we were like, oh, we should go to the, she said, you should go to the business one with Fernando, our brother. And we didn't even ask him. We just signed him up. And then we told, and I said, hey, you know, you and me are going. And he was like, oh, my God, are they going to brainwash us? You know, this culty thing. And he was, you know, making fun of it. And the first day that we got there, you know, and, and it was very different because it's business. So it's more, it's, it's a little bit different, the dynamic, but. You know, the first day he was there, he was just like, his arms were crossed and he wasn't hugging anybody yet. And then at the end, I, when we, the last day, he was crying, jumping. Oh. And I was like, you drank the juice. See, you drank the juice. <laughs> and he was like, I kind of like this. This is really cool. And he really liked it. He's, um, he 
he actually had, you know, he wanted to go to the UPW, but he couldn't. He told everybody about it. You know, we told friends. And we always tell people, like, if you ever have a chance to go to one of these events, you should definitely do it. It's, um, it's definitely, if you're open to it, right? You have to yeah. be open. Yeah. You have to be ready. Like um, anything. You, you know, so it can really change your life. It, it, I know it has for me, definitely, like, after I've, I went to his events and I apply a lot of it into my life and I started looking into more things like you know, I started reading more Oprah and I started, uh-huh. you know, these people that he talks about, I started reading about them and how successful they are and just, and it's not just about money, but it's just about the way you look at life. You know, like yeah. it's just changed the way I look at life and I look in the way I look at myself and the power that I have to accomplish anything that I want to. And you can either look at life from a low point or a high point. It's really up to you. Uh-huh. I love that. So um, I think after that, I look at things very differently. I've always been very self-conscious. I've always been very fearful. I've always been very shy. I've always been very close, you know. And after that, it's really, def- you know, made me change that, the way that I look at life. And I try to enjoy more and live more and do things with love. And, you know, just it's just been different. It's just really... I'm very grateful that I found him and, you know, totally. I drank the juice. <laughs> <laughs> this so segment f- is brought to you by Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's not giving us any more. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's all for himself. <laughs> no, um, sometimes it is like the simple, so much of his message is like such simple very. information, but sometimes you need that like distilled reminder. I think he calls it practical psychology. Ah. There we go. I got to go. I got to introduce myself. <laughs> I'm seriously thinking about it. Um, so, so one last thing before you guys go. Uh, you do a thing on your show, uh, Picks and Tips. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. Uh, do you I have know. any like sex, uh, relationship, dating, love picks or tips that you'd like to share? Polina has a lot of sex ones. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I'm a very sexual person. I, I really am. I, I found out that, like, and, you know, recently my husband told me something that I didn't know after 14 years. He uh-huh. said that when we have sex, he feels loved by me. And I thought it was, a, you oh, know, yeah. I just thought it was different, right? And um, so now I, t- you know, I take, I, I, I really took that in and I'm like, okay, I really need to put more effort because I want him to feel special. Uh, but after 14 years, I just feel like, if there's one person that you should be open with, it's your husband or your partner, yeah. you know, and uh, and if you ever have any curiosity to explore anything, you should do it because, well, I trust my husband so much and he trusts me and, uh-huh. and you know, whatever happens within our bedroom is just between him and I and it uh-huh. just has to be all about trust. So we choose to you know, explore new things but first we talk about it yeah we say okay you know what how about how about this oh that, that sounds cool all right let's let's look into it let's see you know and then we do it and and we always open and willing to try new things and just be open-minded because if you are not open-minded with that one person then who are you going to be open-minded exactly with? and i feel like sometimes uh talking about the sex stuff makes all conversations that you have with your partner easier it just right. opens up this uh, really honest communication uh, forum that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just, you know, have fun because that's what it's all about, right? It's yeah. fun and 
And it's just it's just a part of the relationship. It's not the main part, but it's a very important part because if you're not compatible and you're not having fun, then the rest of it becomes kind of boring. You know? Yeah, so. totally. Brizia, you have anything? Oh, wow. Um, well, I think a couple of things that I got from Samara's episode that I thought were very that I always share with my girlfriends is, you know, if you're going to have a sex conversation with your partner and do it vertically and close that she told Yeah, I love that. that. Yes. And I was like, oh, that that is actually a really good tip because soften and not, you know, it's like we want to have a conversation where we're our most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So we're not able to really say what we want or they're not able to say what they want because they're feeling self-conscious or it's just mm-hmm. you're sort of, you're in a very vulnerable state where that state of vulnerability should only be penetrated by love and mm-hmm. no judgment mm-hmm. and no nothing that's selfish. Mm-hmm. So I think that when you are in that state of just vertically enclosed, it's a great time for you to have those sort of conversations. Yeah. You know, um, and, I, and I think, like, you know, for a lot of people, I think you have to remember that like both of you become one. Um, a lot of times I think, now in days where you know we're all about femininity being so powerful and like strong mm-hmm. women and you know i'm a strong woman i need no man you mm-hmm. know which is cool like if you don't need one then don't get one but mm-hmm. if you don't need one don't act like you don't need one when you have one mm-hmm. you know because if you the guy's gonna be like well if you don't need me why am i here Do you know yeah. so which yeah. is the cool I'm like, if you don't need one it's cool but i think like so much of the strong woman message has been really misinterpreted by a lot of women to where yes we become very masculine and dominant where we need to really like take care of our femininity and really take care of who we are as like being a strong woman doesn't mean you have to be a man being a strong woman means you have to be a strong woman yes you know it's strong in your femininity is strong mm-hmm. and confident uh and it's not just like take care of your man you know you're taking care of your own needs mm-hmm. you know you i mean who doesn't like to come really like, <laughs> you know what i mean like who doesn't like that and what better way is to have someone that you love and trust make you feel those moments and why would you want to give the same feelings to the other yeah. person i mean who who like if you like it why makes you think that he likes it any less or why yeah. makes you think that he likes it any more than you do you know so i, I think a lot of that message tends to be misinterpreted by mm-hmm. a lot of women. So I just always like to, you know, that, and, and I am, look, I am a very, you know, I I own my own business. You yeah. Know, I, I consider myself a strong woman, but that doesn't mean I have to diminish my man because I, cause I'm a strong woman. I think I'm a strong woman as a woman and I respect and really love my man. Yeah, those things don't have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can be a bad bitch and still, like, <laughs> want that I really intimate yeah. <laughs> connection. That's, another, that's, that's something that, that uh, I learned at the Date with Destiny. Like, you have to have different personalities. Like, when you're at work, you have this personality. And uh-huh. then, and then when, you, when you transition from work to home, you, you do some rituals. Like, you can do something like listen to soft music or change clothes when you get home or something and then change into a different to personality. Change your vibe. And even like mm-hmm. you can even name your personalities like I'm this at work, you know, mm-hmm. this badass, whatever. And then when I'm home with the kids, I'm this. And then when I'm with the husband, I'm this. So there's there's a place and time for everything. So I just feel like I feel like sometimes like my sister said, people misinterpret what a strong woman mean, means, but you can be. You can be all in one. That's what we're women. We mm-hmm. we have a lot of sensitivity. You know, we have we have so much to give in very different aspects of our life. So I think we should 
take care of that. Yeah, I think part of uh, the patriarchy, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's just been bred in us for so mm -hmm. long. It's so complicated to think that that's the best way yes. to yeah. be mm -hmm. yes. when really... Um, we are the best way to be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I so. Mean, I mean, we are. We are. You know, one of the things that I've learned recently is that male energy can't penetrate female energy. Mm -hmm. I mean, physically, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, like, uh, male energy is just, it clashes with yes. male energy. You know, just, it can't penetrate. It's very strong, very like, uh, uh -huh, uh -huh. and it's just a constant clash. But female energy is just so beautiful Nurturing. like a tree like nature like the roots of the tree you know the roots penetrate through everything i uh -huh. mean hello who has who's got plumbing issues because of tree roots you know what i mean <laughs> like, that's feminine energy penetrating through freaking plumbing pipes do you know what it means like you guys have to like that's feminine water is feminine you know yes. water someone one a plumber once told me <laughs> brisa water is crazy i'm like yep water is crazy uh, but women are like water, you know, yeah. we, we can penetrate any, any energy. So we have that ability and we have that gift to be able to be both to, to penetrate to, through that and soft and soft, strong, soft and strong. Yeah. And yeah. you know, males are just males. So I, and I know it's been, we've been embedded in such a long forever, you know, for centuries, forever, uh, to think like very stronger and that, and they are in a certain way and the, yes, and they, they, they can protect you. And we should you love and that. We should too, love that and embrace it. Also being happy with like all your strengths as a woman. Yes. It's a yes. wonderful way to be. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. So all you listeners, if you're in the LA area, you should totally go check out La Gay La Getza. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 <laughs> and regardless of where you are, listen to the Super Mamas podcast. I thoughtfully enjoy it myself. Thank you. Thank you. Or visit our online store ilovemole.com where we actually ship mole online. Yes, and you guys won a James Beard award we for did. that? We yeah. did. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for coming today. Thank, thank you, you for having us. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs>